Hey, with winning screenwriter Glinda Whitmore, Little Green Bend is the screenplay. Really interesting film. Uh, Linda, what category, age category would you describe? Like who who is we watching this movie? Um, I'm hoping it's something like a, a Toy Story or a Wall-E. There's something, yeah. there's certainly a lot for kids, but I think adults will take a lot away from it. I think um, kids and adults will be very invested in the characters. They're endearing, they're charming. Um, there are adults, obviously. The the main characters are young, youngish. There's a 12-year-old girl, biracial girl from the Midwest, and there's um, a young alien who's in elementary school on another planet. But there's their parents, and there's the teachers and the professors. Um, so there's something for everyone. And I think there's a lot of teachable moments in this film um, without being preachy. Um, so thematically, it, what would you describe? How would you, what would you say this film's about? This film is about how... How young people, no matter how young and no matter how ordinary, can change the world, but also about how important it is to try to change the world for the better and how difficult it is to put, sorry, that's my dog, how difficult it is to put um, uh, the other people and the planet ahead of yourself. Because this is a sweeping epic. It's, uh, it, you know, they, they go on a cross-country trip in the United States. They wind up back on um, Dribbit's planet. So it's epic. There's a lot of um, uh, story there. And um, I think because it's so plot-driven, our, our characters, um, the hero characteristics of the characters are brought out by how they cope with circumstances. Because that's really how you... Um, you, the the earmark of the hero is how they react to adverse circumstances, and there's a lot of adverse circumstances, and there are dire circumstances, but it's also fun and an adventure. So we're really excited about it. I think it has a lot of. Um, I think it could appeal to a lot of people. So you mentioned uh, Wally. I haven't seen the film since it came out, but and now I, I I watched it before I had kids, and I loved it. I'm curious if my kids would 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 be able to catch up to that template, like seven and four, and because it's it does have the mature quality. Your your script reminded me of that. It's a little bit more of an adventure and a little bit more about friendship, where Wall Wally's kind of like loneliness and, and connection, but there is kind of a similarity to it. Well, I mean, like with a lot of animated stories, you um you know Toy Story or or um, Madagascar or or any of the big animated, uh, big Oscar winning films, there's characters that um, the audience becomes invested in. And I think uh, children as well as adults. Um, and they want to see how the characters cope with what's thrown at them. Yeah. And what's thrown at them is very, um, there's a lot of heavy things in this film. I mean, I, I am a, a long time uh, member of a nonprofit playwriting group and uh, I started out writing primary, primarily plays, but um, over the 20 plus years I've been in this group, um, I have written primarily comedies. So if you take into account that the theme of this film is uh, racism and global warming, you know, climate change, but it's being dealt with on kind of a comedic, um, with a comedic um, uh, bent to it, mm -hmm. um, it, it, it it's... It, it, it's also about how things like racism and climate change aren't going to go away if we ignore them. Yeah. So these two characters kind of get thrown into this situation and, and, and we see how they rise to the occasion. Yeah. 
It's like reacting to the to the from a childlike perspective, reacting to the events that are happening. Where instead of like you said, you're a playwright. Instead of like three people talking or sitting in a room talking about global warming or racism, <laughs> it's about like they're, they're you're, you. You know what I'm saying? It's it's all subtext. It's all it's all in the in the moments that are occurring, and we're picking up like you react to something that that's about something like it's about like a certain being stereotyped or being kind of like an outcast. And then you're forced to do something because you're an outcast and it kind of shows children what, you know, I think we all, they all can relate to that. It's a wild world out there for kids. It's like, you know, go to those, those, those schoolyards. I don't care what economic or area that you live, culture area you live in. It's pretty crazy out there. So relate to the story. There's a moment um, about uh, a third of the way into it, um, halfway into it, when um, uh, Dribbit and Lindsay meet, and Dribbit is still trying to understand how things on Earth work, and he asks Lindsay, who's biracial, her father is white and her mother is black, um, what happens to people when they, and and Lindsay's best friend is white, Hannah, um, Dribbit asks Lindsay, what happens to people when they grow up that they don't like people of another race or a different religion? And Drib- and Lindsay says, I don't know, but it must be horrible. Something yeah. happens between when you're a little kid and when you're an adult. Because kids don't see the racism and they don't look at the differences. Yeah, or we were, we're all trained by our parents, right? So mm-hmm. in, in our and, environment, yeah. so. And eventually, and eventually peers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so and it takes a big, uh, like an evolved person to kind of get past their parents' uh, shortcomings, I guess. Right. Mm-hmm. So exactly. exactly. That's a whole other thing. So tell me about the structure of the, of the script, because it's like, like you said, there's a lot going on and you're trying to, to all, you're trying to be like cross, cross generations with your script, meaning that it's got appeal for a four-year-old and it's got appeal for a 98-year-old or a hundred-year-old, right? It's, it's yes, gotta, yes, we're hoping. <laughs> yeah, no, you know what I mean? Like that's that's not easy writing. That's like, and I, I always marvel at the, like say a Toy, the last Toy Story film where like, it's really a pretty serious film. Yeah. <laughs> but kids, my kids are watching it and they, they're not, they're catching something, but they're not, they're, they're just enjoying the fun, right? And well, there's also there's also poignant moments and uh, I think I can't remember if it's the first or the second Toy Story film. I think it's the second one where Andy grows up and he's going to give all his toys to the to charity. Right. Yeah. That he doesn't he's he's too old to play with Buzz Lightyear and he's too old to play with Woody, the, the cowboy. Um, and eventually over the course of four films, he winds up going away to college. So something happens between childhood and adulthood where we don't, you know, we don't like to swing on the swing set, jump on the trampoline, play with the toys. And we wind up sometimes hating people who aren't like us. Something happens. And so this is a, this screenplay looks at the transition between um, this innocent way of looking at the world and adulthood and she you know when they're in the oval office with the president and all the military leaders all these adults have uh, their mindset on how the world is supposed to be and these young these young people and the young alien just don't understand why it has to be that why why does there have to be hey why can't we do something about climate change so there's a lot of um i think kids will will see themselves in the young characters and adults will see hopefully adults will see that yes, we should probably do something about these horrible things <laughs> that that happen 
when people grow up. So tell me about your your uh, experience as, as a screenwriter. Have you what? How many scripts did you write before? You said you did playwriting oh, uh, before. This, yes, this, um, this is probably my sixth full length feature film, but it's my first animated film. And what's interesting is interesting. I'll give you a little backstory, and it was in my Q and A. Is um, I wrote this play. I wrote the screenplay. Um, during the first, during the 12 months between when I got laid off by the Los Angeles Times, I worked at the Los Angeles Times for 22 years and I got laid off. So I had time to write and I wrote a vomit draft of this script. What is the, what's um, a vomit then, draft? Oh, it's a first draft. I'm sorry. It's a first draft. <laughs> um, no, no, I like it. Actually, that's what they, I don't know if that's copyrighted, but that's, that's, that's what they should call it. Yeah. It's what we call it in our playwriting group. Yeah. And, um, I then I got another job, but um, I started to pass copies of the early drafts of this screenplay around to um, my friends who worked at the Times and my friends in my playwriting group. And I got a lot of feedback and I rewrote it and rewrote it and rewrote it and rewrote it. And uh, the reason I chose animation uh, for the for this genre is because it was it's just such a liberating medium and you can tell any story in animation um, you are just, it's like basically, you know, un unleashing the hounds. You can do anything um, with it because if you can envision it, you can write it. You don't have to be limited by, you know, even the laws of physics. And um, I got a lot of good feedback and I rewrote it and rewrote it and I entered it in a couple of contests and it didn't advance. So it sat on my desktop for a couple of years. And in about 2019, I got an email from my younger sister who is on a, um, um, uh, email message loop for, for our old high school back in St. Louis. And the subject line said, didn't you graduate with his older brother? And it was an obit uh, for one of her classmates who was in his, at the time he was in his mid fifties. Mm. And I saw that it was my friend Brian's younger brother. And I had recalled seeing on Facebook a couple of years before that he had also lost his younger sister. So I said, man, I, I got to call him. I got to call him. So I reached out to him and we had um, a very cathartic and moving phone call. And at the end of the phone call, I asked him about his job and what else he was up to. And he mentioned that he belonged to a playwriting group, this kind of unofficial playwriting, uh, I'm sorry, a screenwriting, screenwriting group. group yeah. Screenwriting group. And so um, I said, oh, well, uh, I had just written this while I was laid off. I had written this animated screenplay, and would you be interested in reading it? And he said, sure, send it along. So anybody who writes a play or screenplays like me, if you're asking someone to read your work, it's it's a two-hour commitment, which nowadays is a, is a big deal. Um, but within about 10 days, he got back to me, and he said, um, I read it. I just wanted to tell you I liked it, and blah, blah, blah. And it was a brief conversation. And then a couple of months later, my phone rings and it's Brian. Now, Brian lives in Boston, suburban Boston. I'm here in suburban L.A. And um, he said, you know, I've been thinking a lot about your script. In fact, that I can't get it out of my head. Uh, if with your permission, I'd like to tinker with it because I think I can figure out how to make it better. And I think I can figure out why it didn't advance in those couple of contests you uh, applied. I said, be my guest. It's just been sitting on my desktop for a couple of years. And within a few months, he had no, I had, I had been trying to make the transition from playwriting to screenwriting. And, and uh, any filmmaker will tell you that um, if playwrights try this, 
Um, the scenes are going to be too long. Uh, the dialogue's going to be too expositional, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So the characters and the plot remained the same, um, but he shortened the scenes. He just surgically went through, punched up the dialogue, shortened the scenes. And I read it and I said, I, I could I could barely tell the difference, but there must have been because we started to put it into contests and it advanced and advanced and advanced and advanced. And there's something like 25 rounds from different contests. You know, here's your congratulations, your second rounder. Congratulations, your quarterfinalist. Congratulations, your semifinalist. Congratulations, your finalist. Congratulations, your winner. It, it So it started to advance. So obviously he had the magic touch. And writing a comedy, I don't know if you, if other uh, screenwriters have told you this, but uh, I, this is my experience writing comic, uh, comic plays and uh, comic uh, screenplays. If you do not get a reader who's in the right frame of mind, it's one thing, you know, I say, um, what makes the world cry is universal, but what makes the world laugh, what makes people laugh is very exactly. singular. So if you do not catch someone on a day where they're open to what we're trying to, you know, the, the, what, what we're trying to envision, it's not going to advance, but we have had a lot of success. And I, I also want to thank um, the Female Film Festival. I applied through ISA, so I'm going to give a shout out to the Female Film Festival and the ISA. And I also wanted to thank you for the awesome reading. When it went online, I sent Brian the link and we were just gobsmacked. It was so good. Thank you. And it's so great to hear professional actors breathe life into what you you know they get the joke right yeah and um it it, it just um an ex incredible experience um so it's been quite a journey and um you know um uh, I, I i'm we're just we're just writing it out to see what happens we're we're hoping that i think if people get that the right people uh if this falls into the hands of the right people um and they're in the right frame of mind i think they will see what brian and i uh we're trying to accomplish with this it's a lot of big topics but it's done uh in a in a in a unique way a fun and unique way yeah that's that's a really great story it's about like because you did you did the right thing like from a from a spiritual or kind of like a karma level your friend, you saw your friend, basically his brother dies. A lot of people will just send flowers or like uh, an email, you know, because it's hard to, it's hard having those conversations. Like I, like I, it's, obviously it's worse being the one who's mourning, but I'm saying it's hard having those conversations with people who are going through that. So people kind of go through the motions and you picked up the phone in, in today's world and you called them. And look what you got out of like I'm um, just from a karmatic level. Look what look what you benefited from just from that phone call. It's it's the story of the genesis of the success of the screenplay. It's yeah. not me writing it because I got laid off from the times I had time to write. Sure, but the circumstances that brought us together from all the way we almost literally could not live farther away from each other. He's in suburban Boston. I'm in down in I was living at the time up in uh, up about ten miles from downtown LA. I moved. I moved down to Orange County, but we literally could not be farther apart. So this was all done long distance, sending back scenes and sending. And there were things he wanted to add. So I would write scenes and I'd email them scenes in, in uh, final draft mode and he'd add them or or say, no, this is not working. So we're not going to use this, blah, blah, blah. And it was all done, you know, without computers, we couldn't have done it either. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Today's world. Yeah. Mm hmm.
Well, you could have done it. It just would have taken a lot longer because you were writing letters <laughs> to or long distance calls. on the U.S. Postal Service or <laughs> long distance calls. <laughs> yeah, but it's yeah, it's just it's just a great it's a great story. And uh, can I ask, what did you do for the L.A. Times? Because uh, that's I when was, all the layouts were occurring in that time. When I guess when the internet. Yeah, in fact, um, my husband got nailed. He'd been there eighteen years. He got laid off about four years before I did. Um, he was and uh, head of a section that got um, cut, and I was a copy editor. I spent the first eleven years at the Los Angeles Times in the sports department. My background's as a sports writer. I was a sports writer at the University of Missouri. I was a sports writer for the first six and a half years after I graduated from Mizzou, um, and then I was on the sports copy desk for. I think a total of 17 years at three different papers. And then I transferred to features. So I spent the last 11 years at the times in the entertainment section. Oh, wow. Uh, what did a, you cover when you were doing sports? What sport? Oh, I, I covered, uh, I covered mainly high school and college stuff. I know, but I, but I have done everything, you name it, football, basketball, baseball, you know, volleyball, wrestling, swimming, track, um, gymnastics. So you're golf, like covering tennis. like the USC, UCLA kind of, uh, or. Well, right. But not in, not in California. I did this all over the country. I, no, I, but I mean, when you were at LA times, I was curious, who did you, what did you cover? Oh, I was an editor. Oh, gotcha. I was an editor by the time I got there. So, which is funny because he, it seems like he was the editor for your screenplay. He kind of punched up your screenplay, which, which yes. an editor does, right? Right. You know, he was a long time. He's retired. He was a long time cameraman at the Hearst based Boston, uh, at the Hearst based TV station in Boston. That's what he did. So whatever the call letters for that is, or I'd, I'd have to look them up, but he's, he's brilliant. Um, he's, oh, uh, and I wanted to ask too, um, I, I, did you see my pitch deck? I wanted, I wanted to ask permission if you post my pitch deck, it's a PDF. Yeah, I sure. We can, yeah, we can do that for sure. Okay, I'll re I'll resend it to you. Yeah, remind. Yeah, you see, you're hard in the ball. So as a so 22 years at the LA Times. So that mm -hmm. I'm doing the math. That's a there. There's a there's a lot going on in Los Angeles during from 1990 to 2012. Mm -hmm. You got that right. Um, yeah. I mean, the, the riots were in '92. Um, yeah. The the OJ Simpson trial was in '94. Yeah, that's that's what I'm. I was just. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's nothing. It's like the book of Revelation out here, basically. <laughs> yeah, because you're talking about racism. You're talking about like, uh, you know, and like, the wildfires, climate change. Yeah. Yeah. It's the front row seat to the changing world. And if you're a sports fan, you got you got like the, the Lakers and Kobe and Shaq, which yeah. I'm sure was front page news for a long time in your paper a lot of times. Right. Yeah. Plus, uh, I was I was in the sports department when Magic uh, um, AIDS, disclosed to me HIV, yeah. Yeah. Um, and it, it, everything. So the 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 Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, um, Magic years, and then the the Shaq, Kobe, all, all that stuff. Yeah. Um, and then I went then I went into entertainment, and that it's basically an industry town out here. There's nothing but oh, yeah. entertainment. Everybody works. Now. Yeah, for the industry, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's kind of amazing. And then yeah, because in sports you had the USC, and then basically their then their downfall with uh, Reggie Bush and yeah, and they have had USC and yeah, USC and UCLA have had their scandals of um they've had doctors who have been uh, uh, accused of uh, molesting patients. Uh, what do you call clinic? The school clinic doctors have been accused of molesting yeah. patients, and then they had the the varsity blues scandal where the kids got the kids got in 
on athletic scholarships, but they didn't, they had never competed in athletics. Did you follow that? Yeah. You remember that? Oh yeah. yeah just course. in the yeah, past yeah, couple yeah. of years. Yeah. That was, the, it's a, that was it's, a national story, right? So because yeah. celebrities were involved. Yeah. Mm, yeah. <laughs> when celebrities, celebrities are involved, it becomes up, a national story, right? Of course. And, and um, they wound up, I think in federal prison. Yeah, they were. The, she was. Uh, Lissy Huffman was in prison for like almost a year, I think. Yeah. Yeah, and Lori Laughlin. Lori Laughlin. Because her, I think yeah. she was. Her, Becky, her, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. So Crazy. no. So basically, there's a story there. I know we're talking. Like I'm saying, but there's a story right there that, like, what you experienced, like working as an ed, like working for the LA Times, because it's like that's, that's um that's like western uh world that's the western world going on obviously hollywood and all the stories that are going on there right right so i'm 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 guess what i'm saying is that you picked up some like you've this 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 script has come out for a reason i guess right obviously your your personal experience and what you experience as a a professional there there's a kind of a school of thought where when you're in your 20s you write about um, becoming an adult. When you're in your 30s, you write about falling in love. When you're in your 40s, you write about parenthood, blah, blah, blah. This is not a script I could have written in my 20s, 30s, or 40s because I had so much else going on in my life. But as I have witnessed so much of the world around me at my age, this is this, this screenplay is like the culmination of, because um, like I said, there's a lot of things going on, you know, nothing short of racism and global warming, two of the biggest challenges that humans face today. So, you, so this is the, and then so, okay, so you, so 2012, you get laid off, like a lot of people got laid off in the newspaper industry, completely changes that the whole world completely changes, social media, not going away. And then, so you write the <laughs> screenplay. <laughs> no, it's unfortunate, right? Just the newspaper industry just like folded. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. essentially folded, right? And it's like that's a whole story. Oh. So I, there hasn't been oh. a great movie about that yet. There should be. No, and it will be a tragedy. Um, yeah. I worked. I worked for the Orange County Register after I got laid off from the um, Los Angeles Times, and the Orange County Register was bought by a hedge fund, and most of the sta- half the staff was laid off. Yeah. They are doing. Um, uh, the Chicago Tribune does this too. Uh, copy editing hubs and design hubs, where they'll all of their smaller papers, they'll lay off all the copy editors or they'll lay off all the designers, and they'll have a hub at the big paper, right? So yeah. it's my understanding that the des- the page designers for the Orange County Register are based in the Philippines now. So yeah, outsource, well, outsource, out, outsource. Right? Yeah, yep, indeed. But the New York Times is doing well. So they're buying, they're yes. buying up places, they're buying up companies, they're, they're machines still. Yeah. And I was just reading the New York Times. I have an online subscription. So I was just reading that this morning <laughs> before this interview. So, so I, I talked to, I remember talking to an editor just to finish this off before I get to your screen. I remember talking to an editor in 2000, cause I obviously started my business in 2007. I saw the social media kind of coming along. I jumped on, I piggybacked on it and I got, it's, it's where I am today. Uh, and, but I talked to a guy, he was the, he was the editor for the, the Minneapolis star tribune. And he was telling me that he was like, this is his story, but he was saying that this is, this is happening. Like this, the newspaper industry is dying. Like we're, we're not going to be around. Like you, nobody's going to pick up the paper in the morning. And he said, nobody, it was listening. Nobody wanted to listen. This is just like a talking to editor, other editors, other big newspapers, like they nobody believed it was going to happen. It was like they they were all in denial. It's like the, the newspaper has been around for centuries. Its course is going to be around, 
And it's like, and then like they were all in denial about it. And then of course, of course that it happened, I guess, right? Yeah, and here's the thing. Um, the Times won one of its many Pulitzer Prizes for coverage of a small city in, in LA County called Bell. And what happened at the city council meeting at Bell was the mayor, it's a small city, you've probably never even heard of it. Um, the mayor was making more than the president of the United States. I think the mayor was making more than $400,000 a year. And the, you know, the, uh, whatever, the assistant uh, DA or whatever, it, all of those city officials were making hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars in a really small city. And a, a, a source called the Times newsroom and said, you really need to send some reporters to Bell City Council meetings and ask what's going on and where this money's coming from. These people are 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 making their salaries hand over fist and blah 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 and like a year and a half later the bell mayors hauled off in handcuffs for fraud right with all of the cutbacks in journalism today um i told my siblings um this is the best time ever to be a corrupt politician there's no more watchdog there's no, there's no staff they can't possibly staff every city where something nefarious might be going on yeah but journalism like is it like you can argue that that you can the problem you can you could be a journalist because you could have your own website etc cetera, etc cetera. but then it's there's so much false stories there's so much yeah. not yeah do i do do you trust the citizen journalism out there I yeah mean, that's the thing right like you, you, there's yeah. the, like it takes a while like that story you described it took a month. Like we, everybody saw a spotlight, right? Like where right. that was an eye opener for a generation. Right. Right? Like they're oh, they're spending exactly. like nine a year on a story. Like that's crazy. Yeah. And you got to dig, and you got to dig, and you yeah. got to get people to talk about it, and you got to get people to talk on the record about it. It's hard, and it and it is an art to do it. It's a it's a skill. So yeah, I mean, I, I, we've watched the we've watched the industry kind of dry up and and blow away. Yeah. Um, the the tradition, what's called old media, the traditional media. Yeah. It's, you know, at one point, um, the, the best years of my life at the Los Angeles Times. And if you look at the paper now, it's a mere shell of what it was 20 years ago. Yeah. I guess my point was that there could have been a pivot, right? Where it's the same analogy with with Blockbuster, Turn a Blind Eye, and they they could have been the next Netflix if they, they, they were understanding the trend because they had the resources, they had the manpower, they had the capital to do it, right? It's like it's like any business. It's like if you see the trend, then you can you can pivot and then you can you can you can be ready for it. And like in you know, New York Times, you can argue that that they did that, but they they had capital to do that. They screwed up for years and then they finally figured it out. But meaning that like that was that's the tragedy of the newspaper. That's my theme. If I was making a movie about is that they didn't they didn't pivot. (laughs) Right. Right. Well, I mean, look at look at beta versus VHS or look at eight track versus cassette tapes. It's one or the other. And you either are on the right track or you're not on the right track. Part of the fun. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So so basically, so so your screenplay, like really like like it's like it's like like you said, it's like a 10 year, 11 year odyssey of kind of like where you at and it's winning all kinds of festivals, winning all kinds of contests. So you want to go to the next level, I guess, right? You basically have hit the plateau of like, okay, you're you have an award-winning screenplay. Obviously, people are recognizing it. So you're are you looking? What are you guys do, looking for next? Are you looking for uh, representation? Are you looking for producer? Like, what's the next step for you? Well, that's just it. I mean, it seems like um, we are definitely looking for an agent who's who would be passionate about this project. Um, 
it seems like a lot of Hollywood is um, kind of built so there's um, uh, people on the inside. And once they get on the inside, they kind of don't, it seems like they don't let people in. There's a lot of people on the outside. There's a lot of acting talent. There's a lot of writing talent. There's a lot of directing talent right now on the outside looking in. So the, the biggest challenge is kind of to get your toe in the door. So we have definitely, you know, we've we've made a list of all of the accolades and all of the contests we've advanced in. And um, we are, you know, currently looking for representation. So the, that's why we appreciate the reading you did. That's why we would appreciate it if you would put the pitch deck up there because it's, the characters were drawn by a professional artist who is um, the daughter of a guy I worked with at the LA Times. And the um, uh, design of the pitch deck is by uh, a woman that I worked with um, uh, who was a page designer at a weekly newspaper I worked with. Mm -hmm. Um, before I uh, retired. So um, yeah, it's it's very professionally done. So we're thinking that if people can see this, uh, the pitch deck and, and how far it'll whet their appetite. So maybe they'd like to, you know, download a copy of the, the script. The script is available on a, uh, an industry dashboard called Coverfly. I don't know if you've heard of it. Of but course, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's on Coverfly and, and it has a list of our accolades on it. So if um, you can, uh, I think it says um, click to download. I don't know if you have to be a subscriber or whatever, but it's been on Coverfly for a year or a year and a half. So yeah, we'd like to get some interest peaked in it. So that's the next step. Gotcha. Um, and, and let me ask you, because you read the screenplay, you know how um, people will say, if you could boil down your elevator pitch to um, this movie meets that movie, like I, would it be Toy Story meets... Um, meets um um Encanto or something I, I really can't find another movie that this is sim another animated movie that this is similar to because it because it is so unique um that I can't really does anything strike you because you read it yeah it's not but, it's sort of like uh I gotta think about that for a second it's just uh it's almost like uh yeah it's like uh it's like I, I, I'm sorry, I have I'm tongue tied, but basically it's sort of like it's youth and alien. It's sort of like there's there's a there's a sequence of words <laughs> that could be put not comparing it to other movies, but more about like like hitting the the note of like you know what I mean like ale. It's it's of course it's a fish out of water story, but obviously it's deeper than that, right? So basically, it's about like uh you know what I mean? It's like it's like aliens. It's like, it's sort of like hitting that kind of like level of like there is the aliens exist on earth, but then they're like, they're, they're like a, they're like a young teenager in a sense. Right. So like, you know what I mean? Something in that vein, I guess. Right. It's kind of a, you know, a, a, a buddy comedy too, because yeah. um, they, and a road comedy because they have a, they have an adventure together. Um, and, but there are big themes. It's not just, you know, let, let's have fun. Um, the goal is a really, um, daunting and they go for it and they're and they bring out the best in each other they bring out each other's hero qualities um there's just something about the chemistry when they're together um and they do things i think that surprise even themselves so there's a i, I would really love for people reading this or eventually watching the film just to go along on the journey with the characters because they accomplish a lot. And you'll remember those characters for the rest of your life, I promise. 
Yeah, I think I, yeah, I think that you're onto something there. Yeah, there's just a couple. There's something you got the. There's there's a little bit of luck involved, I guess, too. It's just it's a, it's about meeting the right person, and you're 100 correct. It's like that's what happens. It's like it's like any job, any industry, right? You get inside the room, and then all of a sudden, you you want to write, you want to make your movies, right? And uh-huh. because you got inside the room, and then so uh-huh. it's like any like I said, it's like even like the newspaper industry. It's the same kind of analogy, right? Like you're you're there. Not now, but I'm saying back in your back in the day, right? Back so <laughs> when there was funding. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now there's empty. Unfortunately, there's empty offices in most of these. When there was a when there was a budget, yes. Yeah, when there was a budget. Yeah. So congratulations on the script. It's fantastic. And thanks for your candor. And thanks for your time. So I think that that there's like obviously there's there's lots of you've you've read you've you've seen a lot, and I'm sure you have more stories in you as well. I know you truly believe in this this story. But I think you have other other kind of uh, uh, screenplays in, in your future, I guess, you want to write as well, I'm assuming. I have another comedy that I wrote um, years ago. Um, and it's a very interesting premise. It's, um, it's um, what would you do if you were an actress of a certain age and you had been nominated for numerous Oscars and you discovered that you would actually won an Oscar, but the presenter intentionally misread the envelope. Yeah, that happened. That's it. It, yeah. it, it, it happened by accident. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but it didn't. It did not result in the wrong person going home with the trophy. Right? Did, did, did Jack Palance say the wrong name and uh, when Marissa Tomei won? That's believe it or not, that one incident. Yeah. is what sparked me to write this entire full-length screenplay yeah. years ago is uh because there was an urban legend that he that he had been in the green room or whatever and he just misread it because who would believe that someone in kind of a frothy comedy yeah, she wasn't supposed to win yeah that she wasn't supposed to win and she watched that movie but, again she's fantastic she yeah. is fantastic yeah. she's absolutely fabulous not and, an easier and role yeah, and char- once again, charming and endearing, right, on her part. On that note, uh, I got to go pick up my daughter from uh, from daycare. So I appreciate your time, and uh, I hope let's, everything let's was again. resolved with your. I hope everything was resolved with your issue last week. Thank you, I appreciate it. All right, have a good one. All right, thank you, Matthew. One, two, three, four, five.